thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. Dr. Kelly is currently leading us through a series entitled An Unstoppable Movement. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18 that he would build his church and nothing, not even the gates of hell, would be able to stop it. Here at New Hope, we're experiencing exactly what Jesus so clearly promised about his church. The gospel is spreading. The word of God is being preached all over the world. And God is using his people to advance his unstoppable kingdom in the Carolinas, Kenya, and around the world. So let's dial in as we listen to the Word of God preached from our senior pastor, Dr. Benji Kelly. What's up, church? How you doing? You guys doing good today? Hey, Happy New Year. It is the first Sunday of 2015. I hope you had a great Christmas season. I hope you're excited about the new year, right? Come on. On the count of three, I want to say Happy New Year to you and all of our campuses. Happy New Year. It's going to be a great, great year, and uh, we are just thrilled that you would spend it in the house of God. Hey, how many of you are like New Year's resolutions kind of people? How many of you? You know, that thing seems to be decreasing in popularity. Um, maybe it's because we, uh, we've been let down over the years. And, but I, I'm not a big New Year's resolution kind of person, but I, I, I have felt God leading me to one primary new year's resolution this year and you might have seen it online i posted it and it is this and and i share this with you by the way so that you can pray for me like this is not some pastor just trying to act overly humble right think about this for a moment i'm inviting thousands of people to pray this for me and here it is my primary resolution for 2015 is found in the words of john jesus must increase And I must decrease. Will you pray that for me this year? That's like one of my favorite verses. I actually wrote that on the floor as you go into my office underneath the carpet before we laid the carpet down when we built this building. I just keep wanting Christ to increase. And I hope maybe you'll make that your prayer, right? That Christ will increase and we will decrease. Amen? Hey, um, you guys, uh, you guys, are you curious at all as to where we're going in 2015? Good, because I thought I'd let you know. Here's the deal. Um, Seriously, if you didn't want to know, I'd just move on. Um, I I plan my preaching out a year in advance. And so I have all of the series laid out for 2015, and here they are. Today we're starting one called what? Called what? All right, I'm going to need you folks to wake up a little bit today. Give Give me some love. Uh, how I preach is always directly correlated to how you respond. Get you some of that. So you take part in this whole thing. So it's unstoppable movement. After that, we are going to do a series called Choose to Lose. This is going to take us right up to Vision Day, the last Sunday in January. But in February, we are doing a series called Choose to Lose. And it's all about this. How do we, from a holistic biblical perspective, care for these bodies that God has given us? Come on now. All right. So I know all of you are thinking about that kind of stuff now. Will you be thinking about it in February? And uh, we're going we're gonna to go get that. I'm, uh, the Bible says your body is a temple. And my body is a temple. We're going to actually look at what the word says. Then after that, on Easter Sunday, I am starting a series called He Still Moves Stones. And this is a series where we are going to, on Easter Sunday morning, look at Jesus' most powerful miracle, raising from the dead, right? But then we're going to do a six-week study 
on the six most powerful miracles of Jesus according to the gospel of John. I still believe we serve a miracle-working God. Can I get an amen? He is still, yeah. Then after that, come on, it's going to be hot. It's going to be summertime. And I'm going to do a series called Sizzling Hot Topics. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be talking about all of the controversial subjects that the, that the culture and the media tend to want to just kind of keep throwing up in Christians' face. So I'm going to talk about that. It's going to be, it's going to call, be called Sizzling Hot Topics or Confronting the Confrontational Issues. Hello. After that, we are going to do, um, oh, y'all been asking for this one for years. Um, I'm going to do one called Breaking the Code, where we study the book of Revelation. After that, glory, hallelujah, we will move out of this building for two months, literally. We will be worshiping at South Point Cinema Movie Theaters for two months while that wall goes bye-bye and that wall goes bye-bye and we fly a balcony in. We are going to be in the movie theater. Don't ask if we can have popcorn. We're checking into it. And uh, it, it's, it's going to be great. We're gonna, and we're going to do a series um, at the movies, the one I did a few years ago, called At the Movies. Because we're going to be at the movies. Oh, now you're with me today. All right. Um, after that, uh, I'm going to be preaching three messages um, on site, on location, uh, the journeys of Paul. Some of you are going on that trip with me. We have a big group. But if you're interested in going on a trip with me in May, April, May, it's in your worship sheet. Check that out. We can still hold a few more people. But while we're there, I'm going to be preaching a message from like Ephesus and and, and Philippi. And then we're going to go to the island of Patmos where John wrote the book of Revelation. I'm going to be preaching messages on site. And then we will show those on the big screen as well in the movie theaters. And then December 1. We are praying, trusting, hoping, believing that we are going to be right back in this worship center for Christmas 2015 up in the new worship center. So we're excited. And uh, I just, I, seriously, I want you to pray two things. I know you're praying a lot of things, but pray two things. Pray one, that that New Year's resolution would be true in my life, that he would increase and I would decrease. And then, please, anytime you think about this year, pray that we will make our December deadline back in this worship center for Christmas 2015. Amen? Hey, speaking about prayer, why don't we pray? Let's pray together. God, we, uh, we lay our lives before you this day. We thank you for 2015 and all of the potential um, that is before us. God, a new year just brings with it certain ripe potential for serving you and doing life a little better than we did last year. God, thank you for what you're doing. Would you take our minds today and would you think through them? God, would you take our hearts today and fill with them? Lord Jesus, I ask that you take my lips today and speak through them. And Lord, I, I pray in the name of Jesus that your favored team, the Indianapolis Colts, would spank the Cincinnati Bengals today. And may you bless Fuller. As he grieves in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you just got, you know, you just got all offended and worked up because 
you need to take a chill pill. I'm going to talk to you today. Because we're going to talk about how we do church around this place. Amen? See, the reason I love this series that we're about to kick off, and the reason I like to do a series like this about once a year, is because if if you've known me any amount of time, you know that there are very few things that get me as fired up as the church of Jesus Christ. Like, and I know there's some skeptics here, and you're jaded, and you're cynical, and you've had bad experiences. And I admit that. Like, I've studied church history. I know when the church has been good, and I know when the church has been bad. And I've often done this. I apologize on behalf of the church if your church experience has been awful. I realize that has happened. But here is what I'm saying. When you get the church hitting on all cylinders, you get the church led by men and women of integrity... You get the church walking in the favor of God. I am telling you there is nothing like the church on planet earth. I am unashamedly head over heels in love with the church of Jesus Christ. Unashamedly. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be doing what I do. And so I'm excited about this series. And I want to talk to you today about how to become an unstoppable movement. The first thing you have to do is you have to have a clear vision. And at any of our campuses, you saw this on the front of the building when you walked up to the building. What's our vision, church? Now, it's easy to just say that, but here's what that really means, okay? Here's what that really means. New Hope Vision. Let's start with we exist, and let's read it out loud together like we mean it. Ready? Go. We exist to reach people for Christ, teach believers the Word of God, and release fully devoted followers and other churches to the glory of God. So we have a passion To reach people for Jesus. Period. Then when we reach them, we believe that this is nothing less than the word of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. So we want to teach them the Bible. And then we want to release fully devoted followers and other churches. Like we are are fans of other churches. We want to release other churches To the glory and honor of God. And where this vision came from, you might not realize this, but 13 years ago, right before we started this church, I'm up in Kentucky with my family. I'm attending Asbury Theological Seminary, studying and getting ready to start this church. At the same time, I am attending a great church called Southland Christian Church right outside of Lexington. Pastor Mike Bro is the teacher, phenomenal preacher, and he's preaching and This semester in particular, I'm studying the book of Acts. So if you got your Bibles, go ahead and open up to the book of Acts. I'm studying the book of Acts. I'm just reading it over and over and over again. And as I read the book of Acts, here's what I came up with. And you can go home. Maybe this is the book you read for the next few weeks. I came to the conclusion that the first church was consumed with three different things. They were consumed with reaching lost people. You, you know, whatever you want to call that, pre-Christian people, lost people, people who don't know Christ, whatever. They were consumed with sharing the good news of Jesus with those who didn't know Christ. Then they were consumed with teaching the Word of God. And they were passionate about then growing up those believers, maturing those believers so that they can go into the world and represent Christ in the world. At the same time, as I was saying, I attended Southland Christian Church. And I would go to that church every single Sunday. And there was a blind man that would actually be escorted in every single Sunday. He would come in. They would, the ushers would escort him in. He would sit down front. Remember, he is blind. Mike Bro would be preaching. He would open up his Bible to Acts chapter 2. And he would rock like this right here. 
And he just kept saying, do it again, God. Do it again, God. Do it again. And in that time period, God just lit a passion inside of me with a love for his church and a desire that God would do it again. Because here's what you need to know when you study the book of Acts. If you don't know the Bible, let me just explain this to you. The book of Acts... Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the fourfold gospel. Right after John comes this book of Acts. And the book of Acts is really the telling. It's the historical record of the first century church. And back then it was a little church. But it was a little church that was making a big impact in the world. And it gives me a chance to say this because we have pastors that show up here. If you're a pastor here, you're on vacation, you're visiting with us, or you're a pastor and you're watching this on the internet, you need to know that you can have a small church that has a big impact. Conversely, so you can have a big church that has a small impact. So what I want to do today is I want to talk to you about how to grow and lead an unstoppable movement because the church needs to be reminded of this and recalibrated ever so often. Here's the first thing if you're a note taker. Write this down. Grab that pen in front of you. God wants us united. God wants us what? God wants the church of Jesus Christ united. Church moving forward. This is why vision is so important. Vision has the ability to unite us and have us moving all in one direction. I want to read a passage of scripture for you. And every time you see the word together, together, I want you to count. First time you see it, say one. Second time, two. I want you to, this is Acts. This is Acts. Here we go. All the believers were together. guys are awesome and had everything in common selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising god and enjoying the favor of all the people and the lord added to their number daily Those who were what? They were together. They were united. Unity in the church is key. Psalm 133 says this. Come on, out loud. Ready? Go. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity pleases the heart of God. And the reason the first church was having such an impact on the world was because the first church was united behind the common cause of reaching people for Christ, getting the word of God deep in their souls and growing them up and releasing them back into the world. Listen to me, church. If God wants us united, check this out. Satan wants us divided. Hello. Satan wants us divided. The prefix die, D-I, basically means two. You know this, right? And anytime you get a church that has two or more visions, or anytime you get a church that has two or more agendas, what you end up having is division in the church. And when you have division in the church, you have what some of you have experienced before you came to this church. You have backstabbing. Hello. You have politicking. Hello. You have meetings after the meeting. Y'all do know about the meetings. Oh, y'all been there. And they often take place in the parking lot. We don't put up with meetings after the meetings at New Hope Church. We have honest discussion and we make sure we move toward 
unity. Some of you come from traditions, and again, I don't like to talk bad about churches. As I said earlier, I love all churches, and I want to bless churches. As God gives us favor, we want to share that with other churches. But many of you have been to churches where there's division all over the place. There are people arguing over the color of carpet while people are dying and facing a Christless eternity. You have people arguing over what clothes people wear to church. Like somebody just told me this week that somebody came to, came to church, coming to New Hope. They thought they were coming to New Hope, but they stopped at another church. I'm not going to say any names. But they stopped at another church thinking they were going to New Hope Church. When they walked up, an usher at the door handed them a card that said, basically, at this church we believe in wearing our Sunday best. That's division, church. That's, that's majoring in the minors, church. God wants us united. Satan wants us divided. And so with your permission, I did a little work on the biblical text today. Uh, I, 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 did some, I took some liberty with the text. And I want to go and tell you before I show you this, this is not scripture. This is Benji. And and you might say, well, is there precedence for such a thing? (laughs) Yeah, go read Paul. There's a few times in the New Testament where Paul will say, well, you know what? The Lord's not saying this, but I'm saying this. (laughs) So here's what I'm saying to you. The Lord is not saying what I'm about to say to you. Benji is. But I took that same Acts 2 text that we read earlier, and I tweaked it for us to imagine what would have happened in the history of the church if they weren't united, but instead they were divided. Watch this. Watch this. All the believers were divided. (laughs) They didn't have much of anything in common. Hoarding their possessions and goods, they kept as much as they could for themselves. Every now and then, if it wasn't football season, (laughs) and they weren't too tired, right, they would come to church for an hour and leave early to beat the traffic. They loved Jesus when it was convenient for them. Yet they were despised by people for their hypocrisy. And very few people got saved. If the church was not united, but rather was divided, I dare say the history of the church would be completely different than what it is today. And here's what I'm trying to say to you. I'm trying to let you know that as I look at the church today, not necessarily our church, as I study the church universal, but look at our church, I, I, I have come to the conclusion that what is, what is defeating the church, what is hurting the church more than anything, is a kind of me-Christianity. It's me Christianity. Me Christianity, this is what me Christianity looks like. Me Christianity looks like this. Hey, when I go to church, all I want to do is have everyone cater to me. So when I go to church, if you don't mind, don't park in my parking space. When I... Rain down, God, rain down. Aren't you glad you got in here before it started raining? Yeah. Me, me Christianity, me Christianity is this. It's, it's basically saying, hey, don't you sit in my seat. Me Christianity is those coming to church and, and they want to make sure the music is just right for them because it's all about them. And, and they want the preacher to say only what they want to hear. And if the preacher doesn't say what they want to hear, they go to lunch. And here's what they eat for lunch. They have roasted preacher. And what I, what I believe as I study the Bible is... 
You don't see me Christianity in the Bible. You see we Christianity. And Christianity is about men and women who actually decide we're going to get united behind a common cause, behind a common vision, and we are going to let God use us. We are going to get off of self, and we are going to serve a greater cause. And when you get people doing that, that is what creates an unstoppable movement. So here's what I'm going to do today. Awesome. It's awesome. Here's here's what I'm going to do today. I'm I'm only going to teach half of what I was going to say. I'm going to save the other half for next week. The Spirit of God has just been leading me to do that today. But the only way this is going to work is you have to promise that you're going to be back next Sunday. Because I'm telling you, if you miss next Sunday, you will miss one of the most memorable, most amazing days in the life of our church. I promise you that you will never, ever, ever, ever forget next Sunday. So you got to be here. So I want you to raise your right hand. Swear to God. No, no. <laughs> Here's what I want you to say. Say, I promise to do everything within my power to be back at New Hope Church next weekend. January 11th, 2015, to experience part two of an unstoppable movement. In Jesus' name, amen. It just stopped raining. So, I want to talk to you today about most valuable players. Pardon the, pardon the sports analogy. I'm sorry if you're not a sports fan, but I've been overdosing on football lately, if you know what I'm saying. And so in, in, in athletics, there's this thing called most valuable player. Most teams give a most valuable player. Now, I am not saying that any of us are more valuable in God's eyes than others. No, 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 no. What I'm saying, though, is that when I think about the church and I read the scripture and you want to grow an unstoppable movement, there are those who are the most valuable players. See, I used to think that most valuable players, I don't know, were people who, people who maybe uh, prayed the most for the pastor. I did a sermon one time called The Pastor's Most Valuable Player. And the whole message of the sermon was, please, please, please pray for me. I need your prayers. But God's actually shown me that actually the most valuable player is not necessarily those who pray. And I'm not against prayer. I love prayer, okay? But it's those who do what I'm about to talk to you about. And that is get involved in the game of redeeming planet earth for the cause of Christ. Here it is. Most valuable players. Most valuable players agree. They agree. Write this down. See your outline. To do anything short of sin to reach people without Christ. Most valuable players in growing an unstoppable movement are those who agree to do anything short of what church? Short of sin to reach people without Christ. We agree as a church and we always have that we will do anything. And when I say anything, I actually mean anything to reach people for Jesus. What that means, let me just break it down and kind of pull back the blinds so you see rather clearly why we do some of the things we do. What that means is we will always read from a biblical translation that people can understand. Now, nothing against old King Jimmy. Some of you are King Jimmy people, man. You cut your teeth on the Elizabethan King James Version. But I just want to let you know, and you can, you can disagree if you want, but I want to let you know that most people out there 
They don't talk in these and thou's and shouts. It, it, like they don't, they don't use that language. So when they come in here, we're going to use a translation that's faithful to the biblical text. Amen. But we're going to use a translation that they understand. Here's the other thing we're not going to do. When people come in there, we're not going to take a microphone. When you invest in your friends and you invite them to this church, which we're always encouraging you to do, guess what we're not going to do? We're not going to ask first-time guests to stand up and stick a microphone in their face and say, Hey, tell us, tell us where you're from and why you're here. Do you know what that does to people? Hey, when people come here, we're going to teach about subject matters that are relevant. Like, again, people out there, people out there are not really thinking about the Jebusites and the Hittites. They might be thinking about the termites <laughs> up under their house. But we're going to talk about subject. Hey, we're going we're to play our music loud. Like loud. And some of you are like, well, I don't like it loud. It ain't about you. It ain't about, and, and, and if it's too, go buy some 39 cent earplugs. Right? We're, we're going to play, we're, I'm going to show movie clips. I'm going to show movie clips that connect with people. We are going to do anything short of sin to reach people without Christ Jesus. And just so you know that this is not something that Benji has created, this was the heartbeat of the Apostle Paul. Come on, out loud with me. Ready, go. I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. I have become all things to what? All men so that by all possible means I might save some. Like church, either lost people matter or they don't. And we're going to do everything we can to reach them. Some of you, some of you have been with me long enough, you will remember this very well. Year one of this church. I started a Bible study in a bar on Franklin Street. And some of you are like, I don't think you should have done that. Chill out and just hear me out. I started a Bible study in a bar called Spanky's on Franklin Street. We got, uh, I knew the owner. He gave us the whole upstairs area around the bar. I went on Tuesday nights. I loved Tuesday nights. It was so awesome. A lot of people at the church didn't go, but some joined me. But it wasn't for us. It was for college students. And the college students came out in droves. Tuesday nights, I'd be gathered. There'd be like 150 college students around me. And there was always some 40 or 50-year-old who showed up who was single. Anyway, <laughs> Like, dude, what are you doing here? Uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't know where that came from. That, that's not a part of my story. Um, but I was sitting there on Tuesday nights. I didn't call it Bible study. I called it Theology on Tap. And I had a Bible study every Tuesday night. 100 to 150 college students gathered around. I'd open up the Word. I'd read Scripture. We'd talk about theology. I'd drink my Diet Coke or Sprite or whatever. They'd, they'd drink what college students drink. A guy was there, and he, he was kind of on our team. He was helping us, and I'm not going to say his name. Let's just call him Bible study guy. 
Bible study guy was there with us and Bible study guy was doing like I was doing. He wasn't going to be a stumbling block for anybody else. So he was drinking Diet Coke. Lots of it. And Bible study guy, after consuming large amounts of Diet Coke, he had to do what we have to do after consuming large amounts of Diet Coke. So Bible study guy walks into the men's bathroom. Now, ladies, I'm going to help you out here a moment. I'm going to bring you into the men's restroom with me. I, I, sorry, sorry, not crazy about doing this, but you need to know these things. In the men's restroom, there, there are these things on the wall. And it's the, the, the technical name is urinal. And beside each urinal, there's a divider, a, a, a divider wall. Now, ladies, what you need to know is there is a code of ethics among us men. Oh, the men are like, yeah. Here, here's the code, man. You step up to the urinal, dude. Here's what you do. It's awkward, especially you young boys. My boys, it was freaking my young boys out at first. But here's the deal. You, you look ahead. You look straight ahead. And there's a verse somewhere. It must be in Hesitations 4. <laughs> verse 8. <laughs> Thou shalt only look straight ahead. And here's the deal, ladies. You need to notice. Like if you bust up in the men's bathroom and you don't look straight ahead and you start doing this... You'll get your butt kicked. We don't play that, right? So uh, back to my story. <laughs> Bible study guy, man. Bible study guy is up in the bathroom. And Bible study guy is relieving himself of all the Diet Coke. About that time, another guy, we'll call him bar guy. Bar guy walks in. Bar guy kind of stumbles up to the urinal beside him. And bar guy starts breaking every male code. Looking sideways, looking down. And, and, and Bible study guy was like, Benji, I wanted to punch him in the throat, man. He's breaking every code. Finally, bar guy says to Bible study guy, hey, man, I noticed you're out there reading the Bible in the bar. What's up with that? Bible study guy seizes the opportunity and says, yeah, man, I, I'm a follower of Jesus. And the Bible has helped my life and it's instructed me. And I love God and I just read the Bible. Well, the bar guy starts expressing interest to Bible study guy in the Bible. They wrap up their business. They walk back out in the bar. Bar guy keeps asking Bible study guy about the Bible before long Bible study guy leads bar guy to faith in Jesus Christ. And now, wait, 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 you, you, you can blow up in a moment. And now, 13 years later, bar guy is still serving Jesus and is a leader in the church of Christ. Now you can celebrate. See, see. I think that is stinking awesome. And some of you are like, you still shouldn't have been in a bar. You need to read the Bible. This, this is what Jesus did. Jesus hung out with the worst of sinners. And I'm not saying people go to bars or sinners. No, 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 I'm not saying that. But you get my point. Jesus hung out with people who are far from God. This is what got the religious people so hacked off. Right, come on, come on. Case can be made. This is what got Jesus killed. Jesus hung out with sinners. He was even accused, and this is biblical. They said he hangs out with sinners and is a wine bibber. Jesus 
drove the Pharisees crazy. Because Jesus didn't want to hang out with religious people. Jesus wanted to hang out with people who were far from God and serve them so that they could know God and go into the world and make a difference. This, this is what Christianity is all about. It is not, not a me Christianity. It is a we Christianity. And as I said on Christmas Eve, and I know some of you were here, hopefully most of you were here. Remember the glow stick moment? Remember the glow stick moment? We held up all the glow sticks and we started singing Silent Night. And then I told you, I said, hey, what I want you to do is at some point in time during this song, will you just take a break and look around at all of the lights and then multiply that by nine, nine campuses, and then multiply that by like however many services we had. And my point was this. We can make a difference. And this is how we do it, church. Most valuable players in advancing the kingdom will do anything short of sin to see people who are without Christ come to faith in Christ. And what I didn't say on that Christmas Eve night, because I didn't have time, but I knew I was going to talk about it today, is this. Listen closely, please. The vehicle through which God has designed for you and me to actually shine our light in the world is through the church. Let me say it again. The vehicle through which God has orchestrated and designed for you and me to shine our lights for Christ and make a difference is through the church of Jesus Christ. It is where you are supposed, if you are a believer. Now, if you're not a believer, I'm not talking to you. Just, I'm, we're so glad you're here. Just sit back and chill. But if you are a believer and you consider this your church home, and this is a great time to think about it because it's a new year, right? And you're already thinking about how can I get better and how can I do this and how can I do that? How can I not do this? How can I not do that? Here's, here's the deal. If, if you're a believer, the new year is the perfect time for you to realize it is in the church. It is through the church. That we are to serve Christ and make a difference. And some of you are like, well, get, well show me that, Pastor. Give me, give me a verse. All right, all right, all right. Ephesians. Open up your Bibles to Ephesians. You've been in Acts. Just take a right. Take a right. Go to Ephesians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Right in there in those Pauline epistles. Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 1 through 6. As a prisoner for the Lord... As a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. All right, let's continue. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the, there it is again, keep the what church? Oh boy, keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, everybody say one body. There is one spirit. Everybody say one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. So there's that unity. But here's, here's what I don't want you to miss. Might be the last verse of scripture that we look at today. So Christ himself gave some to be apostles, some to be Prophets, some to be evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now stop right there for a moment. Have you ever realized what the role is of the pastor and the teacher? 
What's my role? What's the role of all the other pastors at this church? Because if you've ever wondered that, this is what Paul's about to answer. See, he's saying Christ has called some to be apostles. Some of you might be apostles, right? Prophets. Some of you are prophets. I just prophetically prayed earlier that the Colts would beat the Bengals today. If they lose, you can call me a bad prophet. Amen? Amen. Evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But here it is. Here it is. Here it is. To what? Read this with me. To what? To equip his people for works of so that the body of Christ may be built up, watch this, until we all reach unity, there it is again, unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, becoming mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The role of the preacher, pastor, and all the teachers of this church, listen to me, listen, is to equip you. And it's to join you in doing the work, the service of the church. And it is through the church that you tap into what you were created to do in the first place. So I've got good news and I've got bad news and then I'm pretty much done. Here's the good news. We did a survey in 2014. First survey we did in a decade Here are the results. I could not believe how you folks responded. You blew our mind. The survey company said they've never seen a church participate at the rate at which you participated. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So many of you went online and you filled out a very lengthy survey. That's the good news. And this is full of good news. I mean, we are so excited about the results and what you told us and how we can serve you and how we can get better and where you want to launch campuses. I mean, it's just really, really good. But there was one stat, and you'll be hearing more about this survey as the year unfolds. There was one stat that kind of shocked me. And it was basically on this whole concept today that I am talking about. And it's basically this. According to 2014, 39.74% of our church family, these are regular attenders now. This is just not guests. 39.74% of our church family is not serving in ministry. 40% of those of you who consider this your church home, you're not serving. If I might be completely honest with you, And again, I'm talking to regular attenders, members, that sort of thing. You you just might have slipped into a form of me Christianity and not we Christianity. You have become, quite possibly, you're going to have to do the soul searching and examine yourself. You, You just might have become nothing more or nothing less than a consumer. Where this whole thing is all about you. And what I wanted to do on this first Sunday of the new year is very simply this. I want to invite you to get off the grandstands, if you will. Using the football analogy again. Get on the playing field, if you will. And make a difference for God with your one and only life. In the church, when the church is unstoppable, it is not made up of bench warmers. 
It is made up of men and women who say, you know what? God's got my life. God's got my heart. God's got my mind. And I am going to let God use me to advance his kingdom. And when you get a church united in that kind of vision, when you get a church moving in the same direction and people are sold out to Christ and they're letting God use their one and only life, that's when, that's when we become unstoppable. Matthew 25. There's a story in Matthew 25 where Jesus tells a parable. You can look there if you want or just study it later. You know the parable. Matthew 25, a wealthy landowner calls three men to, to his side. And it's a parable, remember? And he gives, he gives the men talents. You remember this? Gives, gives one man five talents. You remember this? And then he gives the other man how many? Two talents. And then Jesus says the, the landowner gives the third man one talent. The landowner goes away and he tells them to use their talents. Now, some of you are sitting here and you're like, but why does why does some people get five talents and others get two? And I don't know. Sorry. I, I just don't know. But here's what you need to know about that parable. Everybody got a talent. You are a ten in something. You, you are gifted. You are talented to do something with your life for God. Five talents, two talents, one talent. The landowner comes back. The one who had five talents used his talents wisely, multiplied them. And Jesus said, well done, good and faithful servant. The one who had two, the very same thing. Well done, good and faithful servant. The one who had one talent, do you remember what they did? They buried it. They buried it. And go read it, Matthew 25. It's not a pretty scene. Jesus is telling this parable. He's fed up with the one who's actually done absolutely nothing with their talent for him. Do you remember what he says to those who use their talents? Remember? Well done, good and faithful servants. It's a new year. It's a new day. Why don't you get in the game? Some of you have been sitting back here going, what are those for? I'm so glad you asked. I want to talk to you today about Sunday ministries here at the church. Now, there are dozens of other ministries, but today I want to talk to you about Sunday ministries. I might talk about some others next week. I want to invite you to think about getting off the bench today and serving in first contact. Everybody say first contact. Children. Everybody say children. Worship. I want to invite you to get involved in one of those ministries, because they are what makes Sundays happen. And here's what I know. If you understand our vision and our structure and our philosophy, listen, I know every day of the week is important, but can we just keep it real for a moment? Sundays, Sundays is the most redemptive day of the week. Sundays is where you bring your friends and we preach the gospel and people get saved. Amen. Sundays is where we teach them the Bible and they mature in the faith. Amen. Sundays is where we release people out into the world. Sundays, it's all about Sundays. I will never make any bones about that. So I want to talk to you about Sunday ministries. If you're here and you're serving the church already, you're involved and your life is being used for Christ, can I just say thank you to you? Can we honor those who serve? Can we honor those who serve Christ? Thank you. But 40% of you, you go to this church regularly, you might even be members. You're not doing anything. 
I want, I want to give you an opportunity to change that today. First contact. Let me talk to you about that a little bit. Here's how, here's how you know you might be called to serve in first contact ministry. You like people. I mean, yeah, there's a little awkward laugh there, but, but I mean, come on. You, you, can't, you can't be an usher or a greeter if you don't like people. You, you can't be out with Mickey hands, with a sourpuss looking face, like you ate a sour onion sandwich for breakfast, right? First contact is the people who serve in the parking lot. And by the way, on a day like today, and I'm always so grateful. Can we just, again, I know we just clap for everybody, but pathfinders, those who serve in our parking lot? Wow. Pathfinders, Mickey hands, ushers, greeters, cafe, resource center, ushers. and Those are all our first contact ministries. If you love people and you can smile, that's a place for you. Okay? And let me stop right here. Men. Men, men, men. I'm calling you out. It is a known reality that in most churches, women serve way more than men do. Men just kind of show up and they do this. What you got, preacher? Men. This is why you go to most churches, by the way, and everything is overly feminized. There's frilly white tablecloths everywhere. There's pink flowers everywhere. There's, there's smelly stuff in the air, right? That's why when we built this building, we, we put masculine stone up in here. Seriously, because we wanted a church where men serve. So men, and then guys, and then I just got to say, Pathfinders, man, that's a gr- Women serve out there too. But like if I, was, if I wasn't up here and you've seen me out in the parking lot serving something, that's where I would be. It's outdoors. Man, you, it, dude, dude, you can wave an orange flag. God will use your life because somebody will get a parking spot. Then they'll come in here and an usher will get them a seat and they'll get caught up in worship and they'll hear the word and they'll get saved. You see how it all fits together? First contact. When the service is over, we're going to have first contact. We're going to have it brought right over here and there are going to be staff and volunteers for those of you who want to get involved in first contact. Children. Children. Here's how you know whether or not you're called to children's ministry. You like children. And you don't have a criminal record. Like for real. You sign up for children's ministry. We're going to do a background check on you. Let the church say amen. Amen. Right? Right? But children's ministry, man, I'm talking about birth through fifth grade. Jesus said, let the little children come unto me. Jesus said, for such as these belongs the kingdom of God. Jesus said, unless you become like a child... You shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The children are not the church of the future. The children are the church of today. And men, again, and women, we need you. Because a lot of you women, you're, you're on the sidelines too. You're not involved anymore. Maybe you once were, now you're not. But men, listen to me. Our young children need to see godly men who serve in children's ministry so that they know that men can serve the body of Christ. 
This is, this, I'm convinced of this. This is why so many young boys graduate from high school or college and they check out of the church. You know why? Because daddy was checked out of the church. But you take a children's ministry that is made up of women and men, right? Serving these precious children and impacting that generation. It is unbelievable. There will be a place for you to do that. And, and the last one is, is worship arts. Now here's a great ministry if you don't like people. Have I told you about a pastor one time? Pastors one time told me, hey, I love the ministry. It's just people I can't stand. I'm like, dude, you need to leave the ministry, man. But what I mean by that is if, you, if, you just, if you're just not a kind of, you, you don't really, you know, again, you just don't like people. Um, man, there, there's all kind of people up here. They're, they're in places you don't even know, right? They're working cameras and they're, they're up in tech booths. And they, 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 they come and serve and they don't hardly talk to anybody. And some of you are like, that's me, man. I'm, that's what I want. Computers, right? You can be backstage bringing props out. Or maybe you do love people, but here's the, you love to sing. And here's the real catch. You can sing. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can sing, then we want to put you on the stage so you can sing. Or play an instrument. You what lights your fire is when you see people engage in authentic worship. Maybe that's you. It's a new year, church. It's a new day. And I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out of the grandstands. To get on the playing field of the most epic battle taking place on planet earth. It is not NFL. It is not college basketball. It is the church of Jesus Christ. Pushing back the forces of darkness and lifting high the light of Christ. And we will never reach our full potential without you in the game. Have you ever thought about that? Again, I'm only talking to those who consider this their church home. If you're not serving in ministry, you're not volunteering... We'll never reach our full redemptive potential because you're a part of this body and you are valuable and you have talents. And so long as you get caught up in a kind of consumeristic Christianity where it is all about you, not only are you hurting yourself because I believe your ultimate desires will be fulfilled when you use your one and only life to serve Christ, not only are you hurting yourself, but the body of Christ is not reaching our full potential. Why? Because you're not involved. And some of you might be here and you might think, I never knew I could get involved. Some of you come from churches where, man, you couldn't serve unless you looked a certain way. You couldn't serve unless you smelled a certain way, right? You couldn't serve unless you were a member. We only have one requirement at New Hope Church, one requirement for you to serve. Are you sucking air? Do you have a pulse? And, and if you're not sure, you can go and check. Just go and check yourself. <laughs> or maybe there's somebody beside you and you're like, I think I need to check him. Go ahead. Just, just reach on over there, man. Check him out. That's your requirement. Do you have a pulse? Do you love Christ? Do you want your one and only life to count?
If so, come on. It's a new year. It's a new day. Let's pray together. God, we look for purpose and we look for fulfillment. We look for meaning so often, God, I know I do, in all the wrong things. God, I thank you that our ultimate purpose is found in you and you alone. God, I thank you that the only way we will ever really fill that void inside of our hearts to make a difference in this world, to know that our one and only life really counted when we get off the bench, we get in the game. We ask you to use us for your glory, your honor, not ours, God. So if you're here today and you're a guest and you don't even know if you're a Christian, and, or maybe you're here today and you're just in an awful season of your life, and what you really need more than anything is just a place to rest a place to consider Christ. Maybe you're here and you just need a place to to heal. Please know that while we're so glad you're here, the message really wasn't for you today. Just allow this place to minister to you and be healed and recover and consider Christ. But if you're here today and this is your church home and you know Christ and you're not involved in the ministries of this church let today be the day that stopped let today be the day that you said you know what enough is enough maybe you used to serve and somewhere along the way you you stopped it's okay now's a new day it's a new year Hidden within these three ministry areas are literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of ministry opportunities. And as a church staff team, we would love nothing more than to take you by the hand and train you and equip you and resource you to be on the front lines of this unstoppable movement. So God, have your way here today. I believe you have our attention. Stir our hearts. Use our lives to lift high the name of Jesus, the light of the world, and to push back the darkness. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopenc.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org and our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. We hope you'll join us next week. God bless and thank you for being a part of our church family.